The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus that is awesome. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you with our first look at week 13 of the NFL slate. And of course, the, the game of the week has to be the 49ers and the Eagles. If we're power ranking sports cliches, I think talk is cheap is high up there because it still has some oomph to it. It's still really <laughs> strong. And when we look at the number for this game, uh, 49ers are on the road, but they are two and a half point favorites. And this number was moving, uh, was at one and a half for a little bit. Now is it two and a half with a total of 46 and a half. What are your first impressions of this one, Joe? Do you know what the look ahead was? Eagles Philadelphia there. minus one and a half. Now, so what's changed? What changed in one week? Philadelphia goes out there and they win at home. Tough conditions against Buffalo pour in 37 points, 30 points in the second half in overtime. And uh, San Francisco is going to have more rest because they played Thanksgiving. Uh, they were not stressed as much. That certainly changes because you had the Niners in a route and you had a, a five-quarter game. My God, I thought we were going to run into Sunday night football. That game was going so long. It's like right? Right? it was there was no gap. I'm like, come on. You got to, I guess we got to make sure you got everything squared away because by the time that one came to a close, we went basically right to Sunday night football. As long as that one was, we can't miss football night in America. We can't miss uh, that. We did. We, we did get a McCourty uh, an analysis somewhere in our lives. Right. Oh man. I mean, there was no Jason Garrett. So you didn't miss Jason Garrett. You got him for three hours on the broadcast because Collins worthless oh, yeah. didn't show up and last Benson. night. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so what has changed with both teams winning? What has changed is Philadelphia was stressed. They've had mm -hmm. tough opponents in back-to-back -back weeks. KC, 
Buffalo had the extra session last night. Their defense has been on the field a ton. And then San Francisco, ho-hum. They had a, there was a route last week too, right? Yeah, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was how they cruised to so, that win. Uh, so San Francisco, not stressed at all. So I, it looks like that's the reason that we have a favorite flipping in this one at two, two and a half, depending where you're looking right now. Yeah, I don't get this. This feels like I like the Eagles side. I know it's early, but there's a three out there. Eagles plus three to be three point home underdogs to the Niners. I don't know. This seems like it should be a pick 'em, doesn't it? Does this make sense to anyone else? I mean, you also factor in the Niners. Have it to tells travel. me okay, maybe they do travel yeah. well. All the sharp money's on San Francisco. That's what it says, yeah. right? All they're all on the Niners. Line them up right away. Does it mean that's going to be that'll be where they are game time? No, but right now, early money, they're like, "Yep, I'm back in San Francisco." It would be nuts to see Philadelphia. Like whatever you think of Philadelphia, like if you think they are the best team in the NFL, fine. I, not a bad argument to make by any stretch, but mm-hmm. going eleven and one with the stretch that they've had. And look, like you look at DVOA numbers, I think Aaron Schatz uh, tweeted this out, like of all the 10 and one teams over the last umpteen seasons, they've been one of the worst 10 and one. Like they are a tad lucky to be in the position they're in right now. They're still very good. Like, I mean, it sounds like an insult, but I I don't think any of us mean it to be like, they're still a very good team, but to be 10 and one at some point, the bottom has to fall out at some point the tush push can't constantly work. Like, I mean, if you think of all the great defensive lines that they will be going up against, might this be the one that can stop them where it's not just a guarantee every single time they roll it out there? Because I mean, run stuffing really good at that. Like you love the pass rushers. They're only getting stronger as far as that's concerned. And Mm -hmm. they've got so many great guys, uh, DBs and linebackers. Yeah. They're a little banged up, but they're great in coverage to where, okay, you have a Lane Johnson issue. That could be something. Jalen Hurts, is right. he 100%? That could be something. In terms of health, the 49ers are running away with that moniker. It's just how does this match up here? I would say it was not nearly as sharp. If you could take it at 49ers minus one and a half, that's great. But now I think that number is about right. You know, it's amazing. These last two games, Eagles, big wins. A.J. Brown's done nothing, nothing yes. again yesterday. It was a Devontae game. Yeah. So I, you know that that's not going to last too long. We <laughs> know how you pick on the Eagles. You know, what this bet is, if you're betting on San Francisco, you're betting against the Eagles. You're like, okay, they've dealt with so much over the last couple of weeks. It doesn't mean you're betting against them for the season, but just in this specific spot, now a third straight tough game, and it was a short week too. Remember that? And, and they had the five quarters off that short week. And now you got to get ready for San Francisco. They have extra prep time. They've been gearing up for this one. Do you trust Purdy? That's how you get to the Eagles. That's soft secondary. If you trust Purdy, you're back in San Francisco. If you don't trust him to exploit this Eagle secondary, then you're uh, then you're taking the home dog. Or do you trust Shanahan to scheme things up? Because that's also right. a big, like it, it always goes back to the I don't trust Purdy, I trust Shanahan, 
And with Debo yep. being healthy, it's helped, you know, Ayuk and Kittle and everybody. I think that's the area where it's the Kyle Shanahan show because you think he is the best play caller in all of the NFL. And not that you don't like what the Eagles have done so far. But, I mean, even in that last game, like, it was the second half that got the Eagles back in it because they kind of simplified things a little bit in terms of the rushing attack and, and things like that. But, I mean, you can tell in terms of personnel that they're having to – be a little creative offensively, you know, without Dallas Goddard and, you know, not sure what they're getting out of the tight end position. Like, I think there's a little bit more uncertainty, Aaron, when it comes to what the Eagles are trying to establish going forward to where if you still have that uncertainty against the 49ers, it's going to be way tougher to make a comeback. See, I disagree. I think that the Eagles are starting to come together and play some of their best football. I could see them getting up for this game and then it's the next week at Dallas where you might want to not back the Eagles, depending on what that spread is. I don't know what the look ahead is, but I think that game Mm -hmm. with how well Dallas has been playing at home could be the one. But I still like the Mm -hmm. Eagles at home this weekend. I don't trust Purdy. And we talked about it, you know, earlier in the show about how good this Eagles coaching staff has been. When are they going to get the kind of credit and respect that? Shanahan gets they could be scheming up something too they certainly have the weapons offensively they are giving up a lot of points so yeah Mm -hmm. well a lot of close games that's what scares me with this Eagles team every Mm -hmm. game has been Mm -hmm. so close Washington twice (laughs) yeah man plus 120 in the money line Aaron you're a taker here yeah I like that okay I might wait for threes, though, but yeah. It's a lot. Uh, you think it'll get there? It's going to be a heavily bet game. Maybe the public right. dictates which direction this line goes. I would think the mm-hmm. public's going to be like, dude, Hertz doesn't lose at home. What are we? They're 10 and 1. Uh, the, uh-huh. the power ratings, obviously, are sh- by the books, are showing us bad spot, yes, for Philly. But San Francisco's obviously rated higher as a two, like two, two and a half point favorite on the road. So that's interesting, too. It looks like most of the money right now, almost 60% on the Niners, but it's still early. Very. Right. And and there could always be some little nugget out there in terms of health for the Eagles that might push it over the edge. So I, yeah, waiting if you're back in the Eagles might be the best play, but it may not move and you might be wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Okay. In case you missed uh, some of the big breaking NFL news, uh, Frank Reich, coach for the Carolina Panthers is no longer the head coach didn't even survive one full season and as we look at the line for this game against the Buccaneers uh the Panthers are six point dogs and so a couple of thoughts here number one how much does losing Frank Reich matter uh in terms of the line here but also too I did have kind of a more of a general philosophical question that when it happened several years ago, I thought it was going to be something that would be more of a trendsetter than it actually has been. And you guys remember when the Cardinals had Josh Rosen as the quarterback and Mm -hmm. how short of a stay that was. I mean, he was a first round pick and he was drafted highly number 10 overall, I believe. And he didn't last a full season. And even when he made other stops elsewhere, they were short stints. He never panned out. And the Cardinals used up a lot of draft stock to get him. And then they switched to Kyler Murray very quickly. And so I'm wondering in terms of the application to today, if in some ways Bryce Young 
It's kind of playing for his job because it would be very easy for the Panthers to kind of hit the reset button and go, yeah, we know we drafted him number one overall, but we have nothing to work with as far as Young is concerned. So I do wonder if, say, we are in this era of the NFL where even if you take a quarterback number one overall, if it doesn't work out, you got to move on really quickly. Like, is that reset button pushed even faster than it normally would be? Look, I mean, I was pushing for the Bears to move on a lot quicker than they did on Trubisky, and he was a second overall pick. Uh, It it does feel like if it's 1-1 and if it's the owner that pushed for that 1-1 selection, it's going to take a little bit longer. Uh, Cleveland eventually did it with Baker. Even though he's still a starter in the league, they eventually did it with Baker. But I don't think he's going to be willing to – I think at this point, Ownership is going to say, it's the coach, it's the coach. Push the blame instead of looking in the mirror and saying, look, this is what we have. This is what we need to do. And whoever they hire is probably going to be someone that sells them on, hey, I can fix Bryce Young. I can get him back to how he how he looked at Alabama when you fell in love with him. Like That's, that's the coach that Tepper is going to end up hiring. It doesn't mean it's going to be the right decision. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a third straight year that teams have fired a coach in the middle of year one. And it, it happened again with Reich. So if that owner is willing to do that with the coach, is he willing to do that with the quarterback? I don't know about, I think it's, he'll need a couple couple cracks at it. I don't think they're going to be willing to do it right now. And guess what? They don't have to do it right now because they don't have that first round pick. I would love to know the truth or trend uh, stats on, you know, fired head coach and that team ATS and straight up the next week, because fired a part of me bump. thinks Pan- yeah. yeah, Panthers money line money. at plus 220 at BetMGM sounds like a just for funsies Man. play. Man. Oh boy. What? Who's it, running the It's a the game. Uh, the, yeah. the guy that they, they let call plays for a few weeks. Yeah, I guess. Is it just that dysfunctional or is it because it's against the Buccaneers in a division game? Is that a lot more winnable? Like, is the timing uh, important in this exercise? Like, because if you're going up against a team that you have to legit prepare for and there are no chess maneuvers or anything like that, okay, that's different. But a divisional game where there's already familiarity involved I wonder if that matters in the grand scheme of things where the, the, the foundation has already been laid. It's just out, out maneuvering and forcing the Buccaneers to outthink a little bit. I yeah. wonder if that matters in, in how to prep for a game like this and how to bet on a game like this. Rasheed White looked pretty good yesterday when, when they targeted yeah. him. Mike Evans looked really strong. I was like, go to him more. He ends up scoring two touchdowns in the game. But with that said, I also think six is a lot for Tampa Bay to be favored by over any NFL team. And I know this is barely an NFL team. So OC Thomas Brown is going to take over play calling duties like he did for a few weeks and they couldn't do anything. Remember, they had like two offensive touchdowns in three games. Uh, Apparently, Jim Caldwell is going to work with him. So he... Okay, Tabor's going to be the interim, and Jim Caldwell's going to work with O.C. Thomas Brown, according to some of the reports out of Carolina. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. You know, some more experience (laughs) there. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not laying it with Tampa. I'll say that. Not interested in doing that. I think a lot of times the numbers will come out uh, when we get these fired coach bumps. Is is it accurate? Is it not? It's about 50-50. 
And okay. what happens is like the straight up record is actually surprising because those are bad teams that are deciding to fire their coach in season. So, um, you know, the ATS is, is like around the, it's around 500, but I think the straight up record is better than expected. So maybe, Money maybe line. they could win one. Oh, Panthers money line, put it Gross. all out there for one game. Six. Plus oh. 220. Hey, if you're embracing your priors that the Buccaneers are a bad football team, then maybe this is just that opportunity right. where Carolina gets win number two. It, so, I mean, but you got to pass on Tampa to win. So that means Bryce Young's got to win this game. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah. And he really hasn't shown that. Like, even in the one victory the Panthers have against the Texans, what was that final? 15-13? Something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Like, And that still feels weird, right? Like, the, the Texans They had one touchdown. To they had one touchdown yeah. in that game. Right. That, that's that's uncomfortable. It's on so many levels. This is Bechuel Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming out next week, continue our look at Week 13. And I've got one Texans question that I want to pose to the group in terms of how to bet on them going forward. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Jake was out at a bar and got swindled by this woman who he thought he was going home with her. They get into the Uber and basically he finds out that she just kind of swindled him to pay for the Uber and then they never really talked again. Well, update yesterday, Jake and said lady are now DMing. So what's the uh, update here? Yeah, game respect game uh, in the summer. You know, you win some, you lose some and be like that. What are you going to do? Listen, it's and we're in the waning weeks of summer here. We got to check back in with some of our old, some of the old flames. We got to see what's uh, that's what. what this we, is. This is a we late gotta check in. thing. We yeah, got to check in and see what's going ball. on. See if the see if there's yeah. any life left in any of these dead relationships. So wow. we just got to go back, check back in, see what's up. You know, what's her name? Listen, Did you send I, a I, I initiated. Yeah, we're just listen. I said it to Mario after, as I was walking out. We were volume shooting this weekend, not gonna lie. We're just volume oh, shooting, we're copy pasting. Oh, oh no, no. we're, we're no. copy pasting, okay. we're volume much, shooting, we're just seeing who bites. And then, Jake, how much, how much would it take for, for 
you to read on air what was copied and what was posted. I could read a, I could read a good one from earlier this summer that me and Mario went over. I, oh, I could read one from oh, earlier you guys this said summer. like a team meeting. Oh, there was, there was, oh, I would yeah. call it a collab earlier this summer, but there was a, oh, uh, there's no. a like, warm meeting, if you will. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh I need this. Oh. Welcome back to Becky Daily, presented by MGM. Ed How's it, Joe? How's it, Aaron Hawksworth here with you as we continue our look at week 13 of the NFL slate. And one game I wanted to bring up here, the Broncos and the Texans. Houston, three-point favorites with a total of 46.5. Less to do with the spread and more to do with how we want to analyze this Texans offense and bet on them going forward. So... Remember the game from Sunday between the Texans and Jaguars? Like, yeah, the pass rush was still fantastic with Josh Allen and company. And one of the things that we still saw, despite maybe a slow start by the Texans, is that we did see another 100-yard game by Houston, right? Mm -hmm. And they've had a lot of these. And I know it's something that, Aaron, you brought up a lot in terms of, you know, the Nico Collins game or the Tank Dell game and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I did last night was I looked up how often a player had a 100-yard game for any one particular team. The Texans are tied for the most with nine. They have had nine 100-yard performances this season, and that's tied for the most in the NFL with the Eagles and the Dolphins. Now, with the Dolphins and the Eagles, we know where the ball is going, right? For the Dolphins, it's Tyreek Kill. For the Eagles, it's A.J. Brown, for the most part, and then, boom, we're done. But with mm-hmm. Houston, it's a bigger question. Because they have a few receivers who can amass triple digits. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown is also part of that conversation. And so I'm wondering, when it comes to how to bet on this game, maybe we should look less at the side. I suspect I will back the Texans here. But then again, I have Broncos phobia, so maybe I won't. But is this something where we want to look at alternate receiving numbers for anyone Houston Texans wideout? And we have to pick who it is, and that's the exercise. But if you want to back any one receiver, go with an alt number because you're probably going to get a good bit more value because it's such a big Mm -hmm. question as to who's going to get the ball. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. And one other aspect of this that I've noticed, and this is just a random event, and it happened again this time, no Brown was out. One of them's always out. Sometimes it's been Nico Collins. Uh, I think maybe Dell has missed a game or two, but like one of those three is always out. But it's interesting moving forward. Like, are they going to walk out of this year? Okay, they they think they know right now. We've got our quarterback of the future. We got a quarterback of the mm-hmm. present in the future. That's how good he is. But of those three receivers, do they have enough there? Have they already surrounded him with enough weapons? You always want to add a little bit. But, you know, and the run game struggled at times with Pierce, but but at times Singletary's gone off. I didn't think that they walked into this year saying we've got enough weapons around our quarterback because what? They use some of those uh, high assets for defense too. 
but it, it looks mm-hmm. like they do bring you know the the old argument of surrounding a young quarterback with a bunch of veteran wide receivers are they debunking that right now it kind of feels like the Texans are or maybe CJ Shaw's mm-hmm. just that good I I agree. I mean, you look at C.J. Stroud, and he's the second leader in passing yards. I mean, he's this right is behind real, Sam Howell. And yeah, Howell has so. one more game. Howell's played one more game. So he's he's really the leader, right, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else do you want from him? This yeah. is impressive what he's doing. Kissing that bet slip right now, right, in terms of finishing as the passing leader? Like, who yeah. are we sweating? Smoochie. All right, I'm not supposed to say this, but I might need a howl to miss a game or two for some reason. I don't know if we need a Nancy Kerrigan situation or something going on here. But this, Uh I don't know if I can. Their practice facility is like a mile away. Aaron, (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, It's real. What's your weapon of choice, Aaron? Golf club, crowbar, absolutely. I'm gonna have Jeff Hit the gas pedal. <laughs> there he oh, is. <laughs> Sam, right. let me get him. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so Josh Allen has back. also played one more game. He's on Stroud's heels. Uh, two mm-hmm. is going to be in this conversation. I mean, really, it, he is the leader, but it is so close. Uh, golf is like 300 behind like that's within striking distance too since howell has played one extra game man we're gonna be sweating this one man this is oh this is gonna be ruined at some point it's gonna be ruined at some point by somebody right just just stay healthy reverse jinx it i was so mad on thursday i'm like commanders lose they get blown out not a big surprise to dallas but then you look uh Damn, how will 300 again? Like, can the man just have a 200-yard game once? Like, he can't. They're so bad. They're always trailing. They're always passing with the enemy. It's like, he's going to be there in the end, too. The garbage numbers still count. Like, that's the worst part, is that you have to factor in what happens in the final five minutes of a blowout loss, and he's still out there. Like, that actually kind of saved me a little bit in terms of, like, some Kyler Murray things that I happened to be backing yesterday against the Rams. It's like, other than that, you know, eight point drive, like nothing, absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden in garbage time, like he took care of business, which was fine, but anticipating what teams are going to do during garbage time. That's exactly how this exercise works. And it stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, and we're going to get that situation again this week, right? Like Miami right. is favored by 10 at a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. Some have it less than 10, but yeah, we, we would expect that they're trailing against Miami, but it's a, uh, it's a tougher defense that uh, they're going to be facing. But, I mean, look, as far as this week, guys, what stands out the most is there are teams in situations that have not been there all season. So it's tough. Mm-hmm. Like, if I say to you, you've got to take one of these favorites. You've got to lay a big number with one of these teams. Are you laying six with the Chargers? Are you laying six with the Bucks? Uh, four and a half, five with Pittsburgh, five with the Rams. A lot of teams in situations they haven't been through all year. They've either been a short favorite or a dog all season long. And now they're going to, it looks like a lot of them are going to have to win by a touchdown if they want to cover the number. 
I'm glad you brought up the Chargers Patriots game because especially after listening to Jason Locke and Fora and what he was saying about Bill Belichick and kind of the state of this team, my takeaway is I think I want to fade the Patriots because they probably are looking to get a quarterback of the future. Not saying they're going to admit they're tanking or anything, but I actually would lay it with the Chargers in this situation. Ooh, I I think I got burned one too many times. Like that was a garbage touchdown by (laughs) Zay Flowers at the end of Sunday night. It's like, what are we doing, guys? Like if one thing's going well, the other thing's going poorly. I I think I'm giving up on, what is it? Like, I think I'm out on half of the AFC West in terms of betting on them or against them. Like the Chargers and the Broncos. Like I'm done, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. They're just, they're unpredictable. I, I, I can't do it. So I, I'm, I'm probably done as far as that. Right. You're out. I will tell you which one <laughs> yeah. I do like, though, here. The hmm. Steelers at minus five and a half on Ben MGM against the Cardinals. That one I'm fine with. And the reason why I'm fine with it is because we mentioned before about what this uh, Steelers offense was going to look like uh, sans Matt Canada and with this kind of random thing that they have going on here in terms of uh, play caller here and all that stuff. Well, the biggest difference that we saw in that game was they weren't necessarily using their deep threats as often. It was that they were using Pat Fryermuth a good bit more. <laughs> and they were targeting receivers aligned tight a good bit more. Highest rate all season long for Kenny Pickett, nearly a fourth of the time. Pat mm-hmm. Fryermuth had 60 yards there. Other receivers' backs were also there in terms of being aligned tight and then targeting there. It's not the bombs to George Pickens. That's not what's changing here. So in that aspect, I do wonder how long it will take for other defenses to catch up to this added wrinkle that they are featuring, number one. And then number two, we saw this in the Rams-Cardinals game. Like, yeah, Kyler Murray looks more than serviceable, but boy, they are bereft of talent. I mean, it's the problem they've had all season long. It's not that they aren't coached. I mean, the coaching's not the problem. It's that they just don't have enough talent. Like, they get a ton of pieces in the draft, and at least the Cardinals can be serviceable. You could build around Kyler Murray if you want to, but they're just lacking a bunch of warm bodies at this point. I think the correct answer here is to lay it with Pittsburgh. They should have scored more than 16 yesterday, the Steelers. For everything that they, for them to have 421 yards of offense, they outgain a team for the first time all season. They should have ended up scoring more than 16 points. They ran the ball. You know what you can do against the Cardinals? You can run the ball all day, all day. The rushing leader on the day, Kyron Williams, his first game back. Mm -hmm. He's, there he is. He was phenomenal. And you know who had a lot of wiggle? who's the best version of himself that, that I've seen in a long time. Najee Harris looked great yesterday. He looked sure really did. good running against the oh, Bengals. Yeah. So how do you, how do you think he's going to look against the Cardinals? Like I was expecting it to be more of a Warren game and maybe it was going to be more of a Warren game, but he had that fumble early on. And then like, yeah, yeah, that's enough of that. Then they turn it to Najee in the end. It ended up being pretty much a 50, 50 split, split workload. But I think you're right, Ed, that, they should have scored more than 16. They'll probably put more on the board this time. And then Kyler doesn't have any weapons. And now look at the matchup he's going to have against this defense. Good luck, man. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to be so locked into a playoff spot. If they, it, This is going to be win number eight already for them. 
next yeah. year. Yeah. And it's amazing just what a difference firing Matt Canada has done. Is that like is it that simple? Because this offense just seems so different. Like that. And I was what wondering why took they, them we so all were long. wondering exactly why they didn't do this sooner. And I kept thinking, well, Mike Tomlin surely knows what he's doing. And now it's like, okay, you definitely should have done this sooner. Yep. What? took them so long i mean they, we were talking about Najee harris and like the, the whole jalen warren splits like warren is clearly the better back why isn't he getting a heavier workload why isn't they why aren't they using other talented targets all of these problems that have been persisting for quite some time why hasn't kenny pickett developed any better like here's a quarterback yeah. who did have some potential coming in and he just looked like the same old guy getting rolled out there every week so it is yeah. a question where you go, okay, you can't just look at wins and losses and evaluate your football team that way. You have to dig a little bit more deeply, and it required something painfully obvious to make this move, and you know what? Fine. Now the Steelers are in a good position to make a bit of a roll, not to mention the fact that, okay, yes, the AFC North does belong to the Ravens. That's fine. But then after Wait, wait, that, wait, wait. But I wanted to go actually hit that. Like we're probably going to have to okay. talk about that tomorrow. They beat Baltimore sure. already this year. They're one back in the loss column behind Baltimore. And here's coming okay. up for Pittsburgh: Arizona, New England, Indy. I don't think it's over right now. It's not over really? yet. The other okay. I think it's it's worth having the conversation. It sure. is for it's over for Cleveland. It's over for Cincinnati. Pittsburgh's going to be in the playoffs. We've established that. But I don't know, man. It, it might be worth having a conversation. We'll have to take a look at those numbers on Futures Day. Man, there was some really good value on the Steelers even just a few weeks ago. Like, will it be decided mm -hmm. in the last game, last game of the year, Pittsburgh-Baltimore? Is the division going to get to that oh, point? Man, if you think it is, if you think it's going to get to that point, then it's probably worth a bet better to do it now than wait. I, I think right. that makes a whole lot of sense for sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, other games, uh, what else stands out to you? Um, boy, the Jaguar. Okay. So Cincinnati, yeah. we're talking about the, okay. the division and he was Browning wasn't terrible, but what direction is this going to go for, for the Bengals? It's probably going to go poor, but is it going to be to the point where they're just non-competitive, where Jacksonville should be laying more than a touchdown like they are against Cincinnati? Because, you know, on the other side, while we're giving praise to the Steelers' offense, don't we have to knock the Bengals' defense? Because they were on the field at the same time. They gave up over 400 yards to a team that hasn't gotten to that mark all year long. And then, you know, they fall back. That was a close game. Bengals had 25 rushing yards yesterday. 25. That was not game script taking them out. So is this are they just going to be an automatic fade moving forward or what? Yeah, it kind of feels that way. This is a situation where I don't have a problem backing Jacksonville because I think, you know, as I said earlier, that everything's clicking for them right now. And this is what they did last year. So I have no reason to think that they can't cover this number with the way that they've been playing. I think it's also fascinating that we have besmirched this Bengals rushing attack for a long time now. 
that Joe Mixon just mm-hmm. isn't that efficient. And especially when the passing attack was anemic because Joe Burrow was hurt and he you know, couldn't throw deep and all that stuff, he couldn't rely on the rushing game either. And as it turns out, it wasn't just because the passing attack wasn't there and defenses could stack the box. No, it's just bad in general. It always has been. And with this certain iteration, it always will be. I don't know where the optimism yeah. is supposed to come from when it comes to the Bengals. Like just let, about every aspect is struggling right now, Joe. And, and let me also point out that Desmond Ritter is a two and a half point road favorite against the Jets defense. God. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> He's awesome. M, that guy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth, from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to our lightning bets in just a bit, but first... I'm starting to feel like that over the next few minutes, I will be hearing about peer pressure because I understand that my cohorts here have both completed some water fasting. Joe, how did that go for you? Uh, it was good. Okay, yeah. So I'm trying to trying to remember which day I wrapped it up. Thank you. Just before Friday. Thanksgiving. Right? Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving. yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. trying to figure out like when I was last on the air uh for that so yeah it was like that wednesday night so aaron did it after me and i was like texting with her trying to explain what it's like or some tips that i i learned through stupid research i don't regret (laughs) doing it but like when i finally uh started eating and broke the fast it was amazing like the feeling it felt like i was the undertaker and i was coming alive it was like I had almost goosebumps after I ate like the bone broth and ate an avocado and started eating some fruit or whatever. It was like, whoa, it was a, it was an unreal feeling that I had. I, I would probably do it again, but, uh, but yeah, like as far it, it certainly helps. I didn't think I'd be able to do it. I'll tell you that much. How, how did yours go, Aaron? Same. Honestly, if it weren't for texting you, I probably, I don't know. I think I might've given up. Like I felt like the pressure. I'm like, all right, Joe did it. I have to do it the full three days. And I don't know how else to say it, but after you go that long, it's almost becomes like an out of body experience a little bit. I really did the last day. Yeah. Yeah, You too. 
It really did. You and your ayahuasca so... stuff. Oh, we've been hanging with Rogers. Oh my god, Listen, dude, try I'm not it. I'm gonna be ordering chicken for breakfast do after it. I suffered do for it. three days. Dude, I'll tell you're... you that much. You think you feel <laughs> yourself when you don't eat for three days? You think you feel normal? Yeah, it's called being lightheaded and malnourished. That's why you had an out body experience because you were about to die. No, I I thought <laughs> no. about trying it. People go like a month. I'm not gonna do it this Crazy. week. I, I'm not going to do it this week. I think next week. Start like Sunday so night. So I'm down four pounds. But the research I did is like even if you lose like eight pounds a day, obviously we all know some of that is water retention and like some inflammation right. and stuff. But so far, like my scale hasn't gone up. I think for me, just reading the benefits. And of course, this is just what I research and what I believe. I'm not a doctor and you know, this is just something I chose to do. I think it real. I do feel like I did a body reset, which since having yes. my daughter, I haven't had fast food in like 20 years. And I just feel disgusting. Like I really needed something <laughs> to, like, extreme to get me back on track and rethink the way I eat, get these toxins out of my body and like knock it off. You know, I can't believe what's that story you sent me. Was it Russell Okun? The former uh, Seahawks yeah. offensive lineman. He, he did, did it for like 40, 40 days. Day. Yeah. Oh, just water, geez. right? Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just water. I don't know how you do that. A, that I don't know how people do those seven. pictures. Yeah, sure he lost a be, ton. Be around a doctor if you're going to do it that long. There, I, there is this doctor who's pioneered this. It has a clinic. Uh, where he treats like people who are dying from cancer and stuff like that with these water oh, fasts man. in California. I, I thought the clinic would show up, show up and donate. All right, cool. Thanks for your thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. You're you don't have to buy any food. You. you don't have to do yeah. anything. Just give right. water. Free water. So, yeah. Joe, what's your a week later? Like, what's your net pounds lost? Like pound, like. Where are you at? Are you back to where you were, but you just feel better or different? No, I'm not. Or... I'm not back. Uh, I think like three or four down. I think. It's not enough. Okay. So, yeah. That's good. But, but as far as looks and feel, like, it feels like it's a lot more than that. Never looked better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just comparing. Oh. Yeah, well, I don't know if really... I like noticed that I lost I, weight, I lost, but apparently honestly, the scale says I did. Scale. For the scale wise, I lost what I had just gained before that. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, all that's I can tell you about. is I did yeah. not have the transformation that Dana White had. <laughs> I'm like his was his, his a three days. came out like after he did 86 hours. I did 72, and I okay. I, I have no six pack, so there's that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> next yeah. time though, next time yeah. you got rid of the first You're layer. Right. Now. Are you going to do it once a month? You said you were going to do it once a month. Maybe a 24 hour on the weekends or something. I I don't know. Okay. Maybe a couple times a year, the three day, but I've been, it took me a full day to recover from that. Like I, this is going to sound really weird. My stomach feels smaller. Not like my actual belly. I'm saying I'm getting fuller so much quicker to the point where I'm trying to figure out, I got to learn when to stop because I'm overeating it. Cause I have, I'm mm-hmm. doing intermittent. And so then I have that short window and then I'm like overeating. And then I'm like, so where I don't feel good. So I'm like, you eating too uh, much. So, yeah. but my stomach definitely, I think it's, it feels like it's smaller. 
because of it. Isn't that like your mind playing tricks on you, though, where Maybe. you feel like, okay, because I only have this small window, I better make sure that I eat because, like, there's some sort of, you know, evolutionary process where you're like, I may never eat again. I need to make sure that I get as much as possible because I won't be able right. to store this. Right. I'm thinking... Maybe I'll start NFL Sunday. You're just sitting there anyway and watching football. So just mm-hmm. that can be day one. Oh, then the Monday, football Tuesday. got me through it because we had a ton yeah. really? of football while I was doing it. And so it kept oh, me yeah. focused. Okay. There was something to do. And the salt water because if you got a headache or were feeling like crap, I read one lady says she pours some salt on her back of her hand and licks it. Salt. It took me back to like my college days. Of I'll be honest. Tequila shots. <laughs> last last week in a couple breaks, I ran upstairs, grabbed the salt shaker, and down down it a little. The bit. salt is life changing. Life changing. Salt. So salt uh, water or just lick salt. Both. Salt water is. Yeah, I, I licked the salt once when that was on day three when I thought I was dying. <laughs> I was like, I, I gotta keep going. What about like lemon well, water or lime water? Does that work? That, that could no. potentially take you at break the fast, apparently, the lemon. Uh, oh, that's true. Okay. Oh, yeah. but I like flavored water. <sighs> you can do electrolytes. Well, that's did. what Dana White did. I did it wrong. It, there's zero I, calories. I mean, I did it, but okay. I realized after the fact there were a lot of things I was doing wrong that I was probably technically breaking the fast with flavored waters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not, now I know how to do it correctly. But you know, oh, you can also do bone broth. It's just got to be like something that's pretty much zero calories. But I had bone broth. That's twice. what I did. I was like, if I'm okay. taking in zero calories, I'm not breaking it. But some people say you are. And it has protein. So I was like, hopefully I'm not eating my muscle while I'm doing this. <laughs> she, she was worried that she was going to lose muscle. I'm like, you're not losing yeah. any muscle. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Melt away. All right, lightning bets time. Uh, Monday night football. I'm going Josh Dobbs under 236 and a half passing yards. Maybe it's a bit of a hedge, even though I do like the Vikings in this spot. But I do think that it's going to be Dobbs as a rusher and a scrambler. That's how the Vikings win this ball game. Bears have the third lowest pass rate over expected. So I think also, too, it's just going to be a slow game. Pace of play is going to be slow. We're not going to see that many drives, not going to see that many possessions. Rushing is going to be key here. Uh, will, you know, part of the problem, too, is that, like, will Dobbs have the time to have all of those passing yards or will it be just about scrambling? So I like his underpassing prop there. Khalil Herbert under 68 and a half rushing receiving yards. I think this will be all Justin Fields in terms of getting those yards on the ground. Plus uh, game script mm-hmm. may take Herbert out of it. And then on the ice flames, money line minus one Oh five Vegas in the first of a back-to-back road trip. Sometimes the opener can be more dangerous than the second game of a back-to-back so give me Calgary to win that game outright. That's how you lick the salt, Joe. If Jefferson <laughs> is announced in, and this goes to three and a half, I'm going to be on the Bears. I don't expect that to happen. If anything, this is going to stay three or move down to two and a half with all the uh, respected money that is on the Bears. All right, it's going to be a QB touchdown rushing night. Plus 190, both sides, Fields and Dobbs. Dobbs has scored a touchdown on the ground in five straight games. It wouldn't surprise me if it happens again. He's plus 190, and I talked about Fields, how I like him on the ground tonight. He's plus 190, so I'm going to play both of them. I'm also going to play Justin Fields over 51 and a half rushing yards. He almost got there last time against the Vikings on that slower surface of Soldier Field. 
in about half the game against this defense. So I'm going Fields over on the rushing, Fields to score a touchdown, Dobbs to score a touchdown. Well, hopefully you bet the under when Ed told you to at BetMGM. It was 44 because now it's down a full point Mm. at 43. So I'm going to stay away from the under. I do think that the Ty Chandler stuff is a bit much. I know he's had a couple of good weeks in the run game, but the Bears rank 11th against the run by DVOA, and the Vikings aren't really a run rushing type of team anyway. That's not what they want to do, and I don't think – they will do it much in this situation in this situation. So under 32 and a half for Ty Chandler. But what I think could be interesting is Ty Chandler's receiving prop is only 11 and a half yards. So I'm going to go over on his receiving and under on his rushing call. All right. I'm kind of in ladder hell over here or alternate hell. Like <laughs> Christian Watson. Instead of 95 yards, which would have been a 13 to 1 payout on Thanksgiving, he got to 94. Mondre Stevenson mm. again to 100 yards, which would have been 4 to 1, he got to 98. Oh. And Michael Pittman is again to 110, he got to 107. So, Good oh man. Hate life right now. Um, oh, no. So, I guess we'll go with Justin Fields. Uh, what is he at? 100 plus? <laughs> 100 plus? Look at that. I like that. I like that. Sounds confident. <sighs> oh, okay. We got I a mean, ninety-five plus at six to one. So wow. Okay, I'll I take like it. That. Let me check. All right, let me check because there is one site that I realize that consistently has the best ladder alt prices that kind of flies yeah, under the radar. I think we but, might be yeah. talking about the same one. Okay. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for watching and listening to MetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.